0: Welcome to Now for Someone Completely Interesting. I'm your host, Ben Poulin. One of my favorite things that has developed with this podcast over the last year was the opportunity to meet and get to know new people, and this episode is just that kind of opportunity. So while I have met Jeremy here briefly a few months ago um, a few people have recommended that I bring him on the show and of course if scheduling allows I will definitely be extending invitations to anybody that's recommended for this podcast. So not only did Jeremy accept the invite but he graciously is hosting us at his business here at Journey North Cider Company Uh, we're in the cider suite and um, since this is the first time we'll really get to know you I'm excited to welcome to now for someone completely interesting, Vice President here at Journey North Cider Company, Jeremy Borboing. Welcome to the show, Jeremy, and thank you very much for hosting us. And well, thanks
1: for having <laughs> me, Ben. I'm so excited. Thanks um, for coming back. Uh, uh, cheers as oh, well. Yeah, cheers, with the, cheers. Uh, Enjoy.
0: What, yeah. what, do, what are we uh, sipping on here? I'm not this very much is, of a cider aficionado. <laughs> yes.
1: So as you can see, it's a purple cider, which is really neat. But yeah, this is what we call the mythic cider. Okay. So it's a cider we made as a homage to... Uh, our, f- our favorite little board game group in town called Mythic. Okay. And um, yeah, it's run by Michael Morris. And uh, yeah, we've just wanted to do something with them for a really long time. So we uh, we decided to find a flower. It's a-, a
0: butterfly pea
1: flower. And we threw it in a- our crisp cider, mm-hmm. tossed a bit of cherry in it, and
0: voila. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so I think we're going to have some interesting discussion here with regards to the cider. But let's get to know you mm-hmm. a little bit first. Because I really, I, a lot of people I've had on the podcast are people I've known for a long time. Um, but this is uh, one of those couple opportunities so let's start a little bit where did you grow up? You're not from Bonneville originally. No not originally I'm uh, originally born
1: and raised in Fort McMurray Alberta actually so okay. and Amber as well my, my wife and the other owner of Journey North
0: and yeah we um, yeah born and raised Fort McMurray. There's, there's not, there's not there. a lot of people that I, I mean Fort McMurray is known as that that uh, I don't want to say it in a bad way a transient town but I mean it's a it's a, it's a working town people come and go and 100% true. No, you're right.
1: and A lot of people my age are, are, are local, right? right. A, lot of, a lot of us are, but uh, yeah, no, you're right. It's not a huge common common thing, but there's more of us. We're showing up. There you more, go. <laughs> more local McMurrayites. Yeah. No, McMurray was great. Yeah, like I said. What was it what was like
0: growing up in Fort McMurray?
1: It was a ton of fun. It was really right. community-based, right? So okay. the, the neat thing about Fort McMurray is, like you said, it's all transient, but the people that come in and are local, they drive they, they together. Like, you're all looking for new friends. You're all right. looking for new groups, so... Like the, your community was your family, which was great. Like I, I really enjoyed that, mm-hmm. and yeah, we like still have tons of friends in McMurray. Still go back as often as we can, and you know we didn't leave McMurray because it was like oh we're getting out of there. It was just right. new opportunities, try something new, and and bounce around. So
0: so let's go a little bit with that. So what brought you out of Fort McMurray? Um, you, you you had started, uh, you, you worked in Fort McMurray a little bit. Yeah. So but... I did. So I'm an electrician by trade and I did, I was part of the careers
1: cooperative program in McMurray. So it was a really super cool program in like 2000, 2001. I got my electrical apprenticeship. It was neat because I got to do half apprenticeship while I was in high school and then half in high school. Right. So it was actually like a really good get you going. When I left high school, I was already a second year electrical apprentice. And I was working for Syncrude Canada. They hired me in my second year, and I did my entire apprenticeship through them. I got my ticket through them. They sent me to Skills Canada. Like working for Syncrude was great. It was a huge highlight. Like that was a fantastic company to work for. And um, while I was there, I ended up getting into planning. So I started as like an electrical planner, and you know doing electrical planning for a while. I thought that was kind of neat. And then they kicked me up north to Aurora, which is their farther site. Right. And there, I got to do all trade planning. So I was like twenty three and I was planning all trades and it was kind of like a new fun thing for them. And it was fun for me because it was right. seeing new things. But doing that, I started doing what they called events. So I started, I was their event planner. So if something broke and it was too small for turnaround, but too big for like just regular day to day maintenance, that was my job. Okay. So that was a lot of fun. And then I went into turnarounds and got really absorbed into that world. And then, you know, after going through all that and getting all this experience and getting into scheduling and project controls and doing that. Um, Amber was also working in that area and she was actually filling in as a scheduler and she was working in scheduler groups and she really wanted to go back to school and it was kind of wasn't feasible to do in Fort McMurray like it was really expensive like our, our first home like our starter home was mm-hmm. $625,000 and that was for my parents <laughs> like that was like <laughs> that was a lot of money when you're Yeah 20. no kidding. <laughs> so yeah so when, when we kind of realized that there could be a different like a, a more feasible standard of living if we were to move. And then uh, we, we, we sent my resume out to CNRL and they hired me to come and help them with their turnaround group. Okay. So CNRL Wolf Lake was out here. So yep. yeah, we moved out to Coal Lake and yeah, worked at CNRL for a couple of years there doing their turnarounds and that was a ton of fun. And then uh, a couple of years into that, Amber got her degree and we kind of looked around and said, let's go solo. So it, in 2015, we actually waited for an oil crash to start an oil company. <laughs> And yeah, so we left a secure job at CNRL and started our own consulting firm called Chrono Project Scheduling and Controls. Okay, which is a really long name, so let's just call it Chrono. Right. <laughs> and we yeah we started Chrono and we ended up back in McMurray, working at Horizon on a big construction job for a company called Pentair, which is Pentair's big, but it was like Pentair Tracer kind of thing. And yeah, we did the controls there for just over a year and a bit. I'm probably the hardest job you'll ever work. So it's like, it was kind of a good defining moment. It was just everyone that was on that job, we're like, we're, we're still united in trauma. Right.
0: But it was like,
1: we, but we learned a lot, like everyone, yeah. actually a couple of the, the the people from that group actually came and worked for Chrono afterwards, like when we left and and uh, yeah, it's, but that was kind of neat. But then once that was done, I actually ended up back with CNRL and now Amber and myself and um, one, a guy named Addy who works, worked with us there, he's still with us and Few others, and now we've expanded out, and we do all CNRL thermal turnarounds, and okay. we do Strathcona turnarounds. We do Serafina and Saskatchewan, and then we help uh, all, like mechanical vendors in this area, like LSC and those guys, and we help them out when they need it. And it's
0: Time. fun. <laughs> it's, <laughs> We're busy. You you seem to have a knack for starting a, a business and a company, and um, maybe not the most. Uh, operative, uh, opp- uh, economic times. Way to bring that up, Ben. <laughs> no, you're right. So let's, let's yeah. yeah. Let's, okay. So let's get in. So you, you still have your, your independent company. that Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yes. So, yeah. um, but that's up and running now and we have started to see the oil patch rebound a little bit, but, uh, how, Journey North here, how long have you guys been open? Journey North opened,
1: like officially opened its doors for customers, October 15th, 2020. <laughs> And we broke ground, like the first golden shovel on our Instagram broke yeah. ground on September 11th, 2019. Wow. When COVID so, wasn't a thing. It was just yeah. sunny, sunny days ahead in 2019. How did you,
0: <laughs> When so October of 2020, we're, we're, we're knee deep uh, months into the pandemic and not really sure where we're going with this and, and you're pushing through to, to open this facility. Yep. What's going on in your mind as to like is this something that we should do now or do we sit on it for a little bit or was there's there... literally no choice I guess right the money is in the bank the
1: mortgage is getting ready to get pulled <laughs> you don't have a choice it's we are opening into this fire whether we're ready or not
0: what's going on in your mind because it's not Panic. so much yeah it's not so much that people wouldn't <laughs> support it yeah it's that literally. Regulations would restrict people from supporting it in some way or another. So it's kind of, it,
1: it was it was interesting, right? So when we first opened, we opened in October of 2020. So when that happened, what were our restrictions? The only restrictions at that time was mm-hmm. the six foot spacing. Okay. so AHS was great to us. Like they were like our AHS inspector here was fantastic and he always, to this day, Like I I used to call him even during the pandemic and be like, how's your heart rate today, you know? And, (laughs) but they used, he was good. He would come out and he would explain to us like, this is what you need to do to be safe. This is what we're expecting of you. Follow these rules. You're fine. And I was like, okay, cool. That's what we'll do. So we only had the six foot spacing rule. Right. So when we opened, it was insane. Actually, the first day we opened was the 15th and it was a Thursday. And I still remember. So my friends came, Garnet and Shane and those guys, they all came out to support us on our opening day and thank God they did because they were basically the only people that showed up. Wow. It was dead and oh. I was heartbroken. I was <laughs> sad drinking cider with them like what have I done? Like this is the biggest mistake we could have done. Like where, where did all this money go? And Like no one cares. But then the next day. Yeah. Everybody showed and I mean everyone showed. We, we were flipping tables at least six times a day. Wow. It was insane. Like you couldn't you couldn't even move. Like we were running out we were running out of food, we were running out of like and we had everyone here. We had all the owners, all the managers, all the staff we had hired. Like everyone was here and it was insanity and then it was like, we did do the right thing, and the worst part was is I talked to everyone that night, and they were like, how was your opening day? I was like, well, it sucked, and nobody came over. They were like, well, we were worried it was going to
0: be busy. Oh, jeez. So if anyone's
1: opening, just go, because everyone has the same idea you as go. you. Just go. <laughs> uh,
0: so, yeah, and I, uh, maybe I got a little ahead of myself in that, but let's go uh, back a little bit further. Um, this I know nothing about. Um, I'm more of a beer guy myself. This cider, by the way, is delicious that you're serving up. Oh, well, thank you. But, um, so I and and I've I've read books. I just have a, a bit of a, a more of a fascination with the brewing side of things. But but cider, I don't know a lot about. How do you get into something like this?
1: Well, is so. How far back do you want to go? Do you mean like cider making? Like, well,
0: I I mean I mean for yourself. Like what 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 directed you? You obviously the the way this is set up and the way you talk about it and promote it. Th- this is not just a, a business or a hobby. This seems like a bit of a passion to you. It was a dream. Okay. That's why
1: Chrono exists. Okay,
0: so going
1: sorry i won't I won't bore the audience no, but, no, you, <laughs> but when uh when Amber and I were 21 we went on a trip to um Napa Valley for my parents It was my dad's 50th birthday right and we went to the Napa Valley and we went on a big wine tour and i still remember we were at this winery called a uh, Domaine Carneros and we're sitting on the patio and it's a villa right it's a big beautiful mansion and they got this big patio and you're overlooking the wineries and it's just everything about it is insane and this guy comes and he's got this funny straw hat and he's pouring us the the champagne or the, well it's not champagne, sparkling wine, sorry. (laughs) So he pours us all the sparkling wine. It's all paired with nice foods. And I asked him, I'm like, what's it like doing this? He said, if you're working with sparkling wine or wine, there's no such thing as a bad day. Right. And I instantly was like, that's what I want to do. I need, (laughs) I want to have a wine That's what I want to do all day. I just want to play with wine all day. So it was actually wine was always the dream since... Since, so since so I was 20, essentially, Amber and I, our goal was to open at some point a winery. And that right. was partly why we wanted Amber to go back to school, was to get her business degree so we could start her consulting, because realistically, we didn't see it was ever going to be feasible opening a winery if we were just going to be, you know, just working employment. We'd have had a great careers, but right. we would never have been able to set ourselves up to go this direction. So that was actually why Chrono exists, why we went to CNRL, why we left, why we... Everything was just to accumulate to one day doing that. And then in 2018, we bought, uh, like, you know, it was kind of a little poopy that BC didn't want any of our pipelines. And, you know, why would I go to BC when Alberta can do something? So we've been cider drinkers since we were 18 in Banff and discovered Strongbow. So it was like, hey, maybe we can grow an orchard. So we researched that, bought a bunch of books. And then early in the new year of 19, our friends showed up and they... They, they they'd sold their safety companies, so they were coming to tell us all about their sale. And, you know, like, oh, that's really cool. And I asked, like, you guys are entrepreneurs. Like, you don't just stop. Like, what yeah. are you going to do? Like, well, now what? And they said, well, I'm thinking of making a brewery. <laughs> There's literally a book right beside me that said how to start a cidery. And I was like, how do we meet in the middle between wine and beer? <laughs> and then that was kind of like how this exact project came. Because we were going to start something, but then that just accelerated it, mm-hmm. was with that partnership. And then then we ended up here, so...
0: So tell us a little bit about the way they set up. Like there, there's a lot of dynamics, and and uh, you had mentioned we were talking a little bit before we started this, but uh, uh, there, there's a restaurant, yep. there's a, a cidery, uh, there's distribution. Um, what am I missing here? The orchard. The orchard. Yep. Thank you. Yep. So you guys have your own orchard here. We do. Yeah. So the orchard was actually like the first step when we bought this property.
1: Is we we we, we were looking for a location, and we saw this thing was right off of Highway 28, like. It's kinda of central, right? So Bonneville, mm-hmm. if you look at it, Bonneville to Cold Lake, Bonneville to Lloyd, Bonneyville to Saint Paul, Bonnieville to Biche, it's kinda of central in those groups yeah. and it takes the lakeland and where we are on highway twenty eight, you have to drive past us. Right. Like you're not you're not getting into Bonneyville without driving by us unless you skirt around us. And Absolutely. Then, you know, that's not the right road.
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You're thinking of that route that goes by uh, London and. Where eight eighty one six sixty. I do go that way
1: because there's some good meat out there with the utterites there. The, yeah. But yeah, so that's why we ended up here. But then when we bought bought this land, we um, the whole plan was we wanted to be you know orchard based. We wanted mm-hmm. to be kind of like a state style cider, right? right? So we bought this land, and the first thing we ever got to do was plant trees. So we planted in 2019. Again, before, you know, all the fun. <laughs> we planted uh, just 400 trees and bushes, right? but we got everything out there. We have apples, pears, plums, cherries, wow. caps, currants. We have this thing called the Viking chokeberry, which I'm so excited about. We're going to make a Viking cider with nice. one day. Hopefully this summer, actually. <laughs> and then, yeah, like any other berry, you can imagine it's there. I'm missing a whole bunch. And then in 2020, when we couldn't really do anything, we were allowed to play outside. So we planted a bigger orchard. Right. So we've got five acres total planted and about 2,300 trees total. About twelve hundred are fruit bearing, right? So yeah, and just all sorts of varieties. We have little dwarves. It's neat.
0: So I'm at, at that part. I didn't know yeah. because you see it on the highway. You can't really see back in behind. It's a little. This is not an area that's known as being orchard country. No, people think orchards. We're thinking in 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 the Okanagan. Exactly. So it wanted to be something was, so cool and different. <laughs> was, was there ever any any issue with, uh, or or is this something that you knew would would agriculturally be successful? Um, Gr- growing an orchard, I just I know there's there's a lot of apple trees around here, but, but that's it, right? But there's, not a whole orchard. No, not a whole orchard. No, and. Like,
1: yeah, like you just said, there's a lot of apple trees. That's, like, the FAQ number one question you get here. You can grow apples out here? And like, yes, right. everyone has an apple tree. Yeah. Our apples are growing great. And we got lucky. And and I'll say this to anyone. Like, anyone starting a business, especially, like, going into this. Like, Amber and I don't know wine. We don't know cider. Like, we don't now. But, like, right. going into this, we were winging it. And we don't know restaurants. Like, I used to wash dishes as a kid at McDonald's Island and McMurray. Like, that's yeah. what we, you know, everyone kind of had that little background. But... When we decided we were going to plant an orchard, we called a bunch of, I just called every place that sells fruit trees in Alberta, and one guy called me back, and his name's Winston Gamash. and you, actually, he's on 630Ched every once in a while on right. Sundays, and he does like a big fruit talk, berry talk. He works at Greenland, and and then um, he took a board to some agricultural thing. Anyway, he called me back, and he was so excited about it, and he's a Bonneville local, Okay. and he just took over as a horticulturalist, like right now, just... Told us that he was our horticulturalist, and that worked. So he guided us through everything, and he walked us through how to be holistic. I, yeah. I, I read a whole bunch of books, like, uh, but that doesn't compare to his experience. But like, we're not organic because organic is essentially impossible. But we are holistic, so we do everything we can. Like we we promote diversity in our orchard. Like we let flowers grow, we let grass right. grow, we let everything go so that they support each other. And then we do this thing called a remedial mulch. So you put cardboard down and mulch on top, and then it slowly depletes how much nitrogen goes down, but it's, it still allows it, but it creates this mitochondrial mushroom network and our trees are doing awesome. They're doing so well. Like we had a drought last year and we were so busy, like just busy in the cidery. I was in peace river for almost two straight months over summer and we had that huge drought and barely, they barely got watered. I don't think we lost a single tree out of that drought. And there were so many orchards in Alberta and tree growers that struggled, like struggled big time, but The work we did up front just protects that orchard and she's growing really well.
0: Do you think it was almost better that you you didn't have any preconceived ideas of how to do it? And way that, better, yeah, way better, yeah, <laughs> way
1: better. But again, you gotta you gotta like surround yourself with smart people too, yeah. right? So, but
0: it's 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 yeah, I mean, everybody's got a bit of an ego, and you're like, well, I'm I'm running the business here. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, this is the business I want to run, but I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm going to bring in the experts.
1: Yeah, <laughs> one of my a guy that I a good friend of mine too that I work for. His name is Mike Bourne. and he always says in all of his speeches, he says humility prevails. And and that is the wow. best line ever because it's true like yes I own this business I don't know like I will never claim to know more than Jesse my chef ever right I got this guy on my phone his name's Brent and he's our cider consultant so like I'll walk back there and I'll look at something and just go hey Brent what do you think of this <laughs> I think it's this and then I'm usually like I'm getting better like 60% right but
0: that that yeah that's uh, that's one of the best lines I've ever heard. Humility prevails. It's my favorite. Absolutely, like, <laughs> I remind myself all the time. <laughs> It just yeah, and I you know I've talked to a few people even on this podcast about you know wh- where leadership comes from, and sometimes leadership is giving other people the reins to to do what they do best. Yeah, and 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 allowing that to happen, so that that obviously would be a, a path to success, and, and just knowing what what talents you have available to you. Yeah, no, nope. the best thing side. I can do wow. for
1: Jesse is go wash his dishes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you'll learn a few things too along the way. I'm totally. sure. totally yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. so. <laughs> No, that's 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 a great uh, that's just a great attitude in general in life, and it's probably one of the big reasons why you have people. And I mean, I know like uh, I didn't know a lot about the opening and the the second day of the opening, but I know <laughs> I I have a sister who was working for uh, an oil field company and and you know running tickets back and forth. But part of her route would go past here, and she'd pop in. Well, maybe more often than she should have to get her growler filled with <laughs> cider, but uh, I love her for that. But it, well, yeah, and, and and but there's a lot of people like that around here, and then people are drawn to that. It's the same because you know, uh, obviously, a, a mutual friend of ours is Colin in yeah. Saint Paul at the at the Lakeland Brewing Company, and. Well, he even had a little bit of a hand in helping you guys open up here.
1: Yeah, that's my favorite story. It, like, so I owe everything to Colin in my heart and soul. So when we were first, we, we were just getting ready to open. And it was one of those things, right? Like, I don't know what I don't know. And we were by ourselves. Our partners at the time, um, they were gone because uh, of a kidney transplant. And they were away. Like, they were out, out of commission. So it was right. just us. And you know, we had Brent. And there was we were trying to open this building. We were trying to finish construction and we're trying to do all these things and you know, Brent, my cider consultant, sent all the information over, this is what you order, okay, so you order everything and it's kegging day, we got a keg because we gotta have product because if you don't have it in a keg, you can't sell in the tap room and we're trying to get it all done and I go to hook up everything and I'm staring at the keg and I'm staring at the machine, I'm staring at the tank and I'm like, how does these things go together? (laughs) And then I send Brent a picture, I'm like, this is everything I have. What am I missing? And he's like, this is what you're missing. And I call the company and they're like, oh, that's backordered. Oh. Oh, uh, what do you mean that's backordered? Like I'm opening <laughs> this thing soon, like you can't be backordered, I need it. So um, I, I just went in a panic and the first thing I did, I just, I, I picked up my phone and I'm like, all right, who's near here? So dusty at Coley brewing distilling he was away so i couldn't get a hold of him because he would have he definitely would have come to my aid and i know him like we're friends but i didn't really know colin like colin came for a tour early but i was like maybe this guy will help so i called colin and he's like oh yeah come on down i'll have it all set aside for you so i go down and yeah he's got all the gear he's got it all a nice little baggie for me (laughs) give me a beer you know he shows me his stuff and i was like oh thanks man like there was a lot of like high pressure high stress like you You can't imagine, like, some of the moments, like, I look back, I'm like, how did I not have a heart attack? But then everyone, someone always came to save the day, right? And Colin was the first big clutch save that was, but he was local. Like, there's no alternative to what I needed unless it came from a brewer. Right. And there's, no one sells it in Alberta. Like, there's no way, like, I couldn't drive to Edmonton. Like, I did that the other day. We ran out of these crown caps for a different size bottle. And yeah, there was one place in Edmonton, so you rip to Edmonton and you come back and you start bottling, right? But yeah, that there was no option. So, but Colin, no. yeah, no, here he goes. So, oh yeah. Jeez. So I push Colin all the time. I keep begging him to put his stuff in kegs or even in my keg so I can put it on tap. But. He's stubborn. So. I think he does
0: have kegs available, but it's just like you combine buy-
1: <laughs> pop kegs. They're like the old school things. It drives me nuts with those. So anyway, so I, I have him in my cooler, and I keep it stocked with Collins. Uh, so. nice. But yeah, no, he's still my hero. Like if, if I didn't get that, I was not opening October fifteenth, and I staked everything on October fifteenth. I told everyone I was so stubborn about it. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, "Nope, October fifteenth. That's the day. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Even if I was just selling one thing of cider, it was happening."
0: Incredible. Um, I, speaking of calling too. another little side note, I know like with, with uh, your, your product and stuff, they all, all have great creative names and stuff. You, what did you say? This, this one was called that word? You're this up? one's the mythic. The mythic. Okay. Yeah. Tell me a little bit. Uh, there's always great stories behind these things. Tell me a little bit about why you decided to call it that. It's the homage to being a big geek and being a big nerd. Cause all of us to get to here, we're, we're board
1: game fanatics, we yeah. play world of Warcraft. We, like, this is the kind of stuff we are, like, big RPG people. Mm -hmm. And then Mythic Board Games, the Mythic Games company in town, they have, like, they have this great board game facility, and they do escape rooms and video games. And it's just, like, they're the people that we are, right? Right. But we we make alcohol, and they do what we play. So we wanted to just, like, combine and do, like, homage. It was, like you can't do collabs as easily as I thought they were. I thought it would like me and Colin could do a collab like nothing, right. but like me and a local business, is a bit trickier. Right. So we're like, you know what? It's a homage. It's a homage to being there a geek. Go. It's a homage <laughs> to playing video games with your buddies. It's a homage to playing risk and hiding out in Australia. Like that's, what it's yeah. for, right? And that's that's why.
0: But I'm looking around the starter suite too. Like this would make a great games room too, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, it will. There be. you go. So there there might be collaboration in the Totally. Future. Well, those TVs, if you notice, there's a
1: Switch under one and a PS4 under the other. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. A lot of Mario Kart happens in this room.
0: <laughs> Incredible. Well, Jeremy, uh thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. I've learned a lot. Um, especially when it comes to the agricultural side of this, the cidery and stuff like that I do have one more question and <laughs> I, I, know, I know you've listened to a couple of the podcasts but I don't know if you've listened to enough to know that I started doing this uh, quite a few episodes in but my, my last question to you is I have you here on this podcast as someone who is completely interesting I think so a lot of other people think so and recommended you but as someone who is now officially someone completely interesting who would you recommend for this podcast? Michael Boris from
1: Mythic Absolutely. There you go. Yeah, go okay. talk to him. Oh, yeah.
0: No, you'll love him. I love it how it's an off-the-cuff question. Some people have it like that, and some people have to think about it. As soon as you were rolling, it, I'm like,
1: that's where I would send you. There,
0: yeah, there's so many names that run through people's heads. So, again, uh, Jeremy Borboing. Thank you so much. Did I say that boing, right? Boing, boing. Yeah. Boing,
1: <laughs> It's a weird
0: one. Uh, he is. Uh, he's uh, your vice president here at Journey North Cider Company. We're just off Highway 28, just outside of Bonneville, Alberta. I strongly recommend It's a great family environment. It's not yeah. just alcohol cider. They, the, the kitchen is fantastic. Oh, there's my little side note, by the ah. way. When we first met, uh, we had been doing some cross-country skiing at the Muriel Lake Trails, decided for an apres ski thing here. Um, we come in, we ordered, I think we ordered a couple of different of the the, the poutines you guys have here, and uh, just relaxing and it's not that we were waiting that long, but there was a bit of a delay, and the waitress came out and said there was an issue with the, the kitchen facility, and she apologized, and I thought, okay, well, that's nice. We're not in any hurry, so... I was cooking. Were you? <laughs>
1: oh. I'll just take the
0: phone. <laughs> do you, do you know what? There was something with the gas line. You guys had a guy, had like a, an Atco gas guy come in or something like that. Oh, had,
1: right. That was the worst. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah that but was I, a bad
0: day. Yeah. I, I think... I think all in all, being said, we might have waited maybe 15 minutes longer than we had to, but you did the most incredible things and you just, you, you covered our food bill on that one. And I think you even bought us a couple of extra drinks.
1: It's whatever it takes, man. It's,
0: well, I mean, <laughs> talk about above and beyond, like some people, you know, the apology was more than enough, but then maybe a discount on the bill, but no, you covered pretty much our whole tab that, so this is the kind of uh, person and this is the kind of place, the staff Phenomenal. So once again, I strongly recommend. Um, if you see their product on store shelves locally, it's a great local business. Um, find out a bit more because you guys do tours here and everything. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, we there, do cider yeah, tours yeah, all so, the time. Um, this summer, can't can't recommend it enough. That's Journey North Cider. You can find out more on their Facebook page. Just look up Journey North Cider. You're also on Instagram. Anything I'm missing? I think you nailed it. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know one. what else to plug, but I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Again, this is uh, Jeremy Borbering at Journey North Sider Company. If you enjoyed the episode, please make sure you give us a like and subscribe. You can find us on social media by searching uh, pool and Radio. And then uh, find all our episodes on your favorite podcast provider uh, by searching pool and Radio. Or now for someone completely interesting. Once again, here at Journey North Sider Company, Jeremy Borbering. Thank you so much. Cheers, buddy. Thanks.